we have a special training coming up on the March 22nd, 2023, 12 p.m. Europe time, so Berlin time. It's about navigating Twitter as a scientist. So if you are a scientist who is curious about the world of Twitter and don't know how to get started, do sign up. Link is in the description. This is a one-time offer. In 42 euros, one hour, you will get all the tips and tricks of how to best navigate Twitter as a scientist. We will cover profile optimization, content crafting for science communication, how to grow your network, and also Twitter analytics. So, March 22nd, 2023, 12 p.m. Europe, lunchtime. Sign up, grab your spot, limited seats. Hi everyone, welcome to the Science Talks latest video or podcast, depending on how you are listening to this one. My name is Pranati, I'm your host, and today we have with us Dr. Anna Porzerski, who is going to help us understand this real science behind some pop culture. And in today's edition, we are going to understand the science behind the latest Knives Out movie, Uh, glass onion which released on christmas day i think 2022 2022 yeah. first of all hi anna welcome hello thank you for having me i'm very excited to be here uh, i'm so excited to have you oh my god this is gonna be cool so until i figure out how to share my screen and everything anna could you please tell everyone who you are what you are what do you do and everything i mean i know all the cool things or some of the cool kind <laughs> of comic author uh, material scientist um trainer um but but uh, among other things of course so please tell everyone about sure. yourself and where they can find you Hello, hello. So my name is Anna Podajski. Uh, I'm a material scientist by, I guess, scientific background. Um, and I now work freelance as a science communicator and engagement professional. So I do little bits of my own science communication work, which involves writing books and doing podcasts and videos and TV and radio work. Um, but then I also train scientists and engineers in the art of scientific storytelling So I've developed a training program um, that is based on storytelling theory and I help technical people, scientists and engineers to write better and present better using tools from storytelling. Sounds good. See, I told you all, Anna is like doing like 50 zillion things and all amazing things. So, and I do recommend attending storytelling workshop or storytelling tra uh, training. And if you missed attending it, then just buy the recording. It's a great investment. There's just so much knowledge there. It's like oh my god and every time now I have to present at a meeting or create a create a deck or anything at all I'm like ah, I should use the formula that Anna gave us how can I <laughs> it's really cool yes amazing very yeah. glad to hear it but particularly relevant to this though um to our purposes today talking about the glass onion is that I did a PhD in hydrogen storage materials And it was actually hydrogen storage materials that got me interested in science communication and public engagement in the first place, because at the beginning of my PhD, when I would tell my friends and family what it was that I was researching, they either thought that I was making bombs or like solving the Hindenburg disaster, both of which are mentioned in this movie. Um, and so like back in like 2014, way before it was cool, I got interested in public engagement and like dispelling those myths about my research. The hope being that one day I would be able to commercialize solid state hydrogen storage materials and become an Elon Musk like supervillain like this person in the movie has. That was my big aim. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So were you making bombs? Yes or no? No. Okay. Was myth, it myth one busted? <laughs> <laughs> were you where was that the next uh, Hindenburg? Yes or no? I mean, I actually did present a TV show about the Hindenburg a while ago, and it uh, turns out there are many reasons why the Hindenburg uh, exploded in the way that it did. Hydrogen was one of them because it was filled with hydrogen gas. But actually, when you see the photos, what you see burning, I think, is the textile 
around the outside rather than the hydrogen itself. So myth number two, busted. So no, you were not doing okay. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, exactly. Okay. So so today you are the perfect person to tell us about the spoiler in case anyone has not watched this glass onion yet. This video is going to be full of spoilers for you. Slowly, we will build towards the spoilers. So don't blame us. Disclaimer, if you haven't watched the movie yet, please pause the video, add it to the uh, watch it later list of yours and go watch the movie on Netflix and then come back and watch this video. Yeah, we're going to be spoiling it for not only people that haven't seen the movie, but also for people that have, because we're going to be debunking a lot of stuff that's in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. So if you are not ready to, if you would rather live in your bubble of whatever you saw in the movie with uh, whatever... XYZ, feel free to stop this video or uh, get yourself something to to help you uh, mentally and physically, like a blankie or uh, some hot chocolate or something to just get through this. But yeah, this video is important because it's going to be fun. And we have some screenshots from the movie. What did we call it, Anna? We called it dirty screenshots. Dirty Uh, screenshots, because we probably can't use the actual screenshots due to copyright reasons. Exactly. Yes. To avoid the copyrights or to go around copyrights, what we have done is we have taken pictures with the cell phone and that's what you see on the slide. So if you think that, okay, this is copyright issue, thank you very much, first of all, because you think that my photography skills are so good that it actually looks like a proper screen uh, when it is not. So Glass Onion on Netflix featuring ex-James Bond or current James Bond, I don't know what, um, uh, Blanc, Mr. Blanc, ah, Daniel Craig, ha, it helps to share the slides. Uh, <laughs> let's get started. Anna, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, awesome. Let's get going. So the first one that I saw, the the first one that made the scientist in me happy was this scene and this, especially this dialogue. Lino, you're a scientist, not a publicist. A bunch of people screaming at a scientist through a screen. Yeah, what are what are your thoughts about this 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 scene? Have you been in a situation like this? Have you been in a situation where you were sat in front of a whiteboard full of equations and diagrams? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love their setup of their lab, which is basically just like a completely blank table and then just some diagrams in the background. Highly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I went some clipboards as well, which is obviously highly scientific. Um, mm-hmm. I this this bit really made me laugh because uh you know what they're basically saying here is like Lionel stay in your lane you're the scientist um your expertise can like we will be looking to you as the expert to tell us you know what this thing can do um but you don't need to like be the publicist. You don't need to be the one that's selling it. You just have to tell us the facts, mm-hmm. um, which kind of goes against my entire career <laughs> because what I do is like basically help scientists be their own publicists <laughs> and like tell their scientific stories better. Um, so this bit really made me laugh because I it was the first <laughs> one minute 35 into the movie. It was the first hint that it was going to... Um, I was going to have a lot to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to go downhill from here. Let's just... Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah let's <laughs> okay. That's... Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yes. There are no chemicals. I mean, there are no not usually chemicals, but which scientist's desk is this clean? Like, it's ridiculous. Is that even... A, I don't know what this is. I mean, it, to me, it looks like a computer lab. Like, no chemistry lab looks like this. It's an office. This is like the office and somewhere else in the building will be their actual lab. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Also, they'd never mention, now that I think about it, they'd never mention what kind of scientist Lionel is. Is he a material scientist? Is he? Well, he appears to be wearing a blue lab coat. So it's anyone's guess. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So (laughs) ready for the next one? Is there anything you would like to say about this 
<laughs> no, no, hit me up. Let's go. All right, let's, get, let's get. Okay, this is one of my favorite scenes. I have to say, oh my god, uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. And yeah, Anna, what are your thoughts about this messy background with this gorgeous, uh, gorgeous, extremely talented actor doing something to something? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've seen in the run up to this um, is various of these boxes getting delivered to characters that we're meeting for the first time. And these boxes are kind of like, they're full of different puzzles that the people have to solve in order to get to the inside of the box, which is an invitation to the island called the Glass Onion. So that's like the setup for people. And so we see like, I can't remember how many, but like between three and six of these boxes getting delivered, these people being like, oh, wow, it's so cool, these little puzzles. And then they're like, yay, this invitation on this amazing holiday. And then it cuts to this scene and there's this woman in her pajamas who gets this box and then she takes a hammer to it. And it's just like, I do not have time for your stupid games. <laughs> I just need to get to the middle and get whatever this is <laughs> and understand the meaning of it. She's obviously like standing in her garage. Um, there's boxes everywhere. There's like dirty laundry or clean laundry folded in the background. Um, I have a huge amount of time for this character. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think there can be like a prequel or a spin-off of just, uh, I forgot what the name of the character is. Uh, Helen, I think. Uh, that's the sister. Sorry. Um, but yeah. and Spoilers. what? Else? <laughs> Sorry? Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but I love the fact that, okay, I do not have time for this shit. I'm going to get a hammer and smash this thing to the ground. But yeah. but I'm going to be safe. Safety first, everyone. Safety exactly. first. Exactly. This is someone, this is probably not even her first mysterious box that has come to the door with a load of puzzles in it with an invitation to a like Caribbean island. <laughs> um, I feel like she's done this before. I would watch her DIY spinoff show. All day, every day. Yeah, me too. I, I, all for it. And yeah. yeah, it's also very much in character because I think this character is also like has some teaching background or something. So mm. it's like, oh, responsible teacher. And ah, yeah. I just love I just love the entire setup and build up to the scene that everyone is like, box, oh, my God, Miles. Ah. And this yeah. one is, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Exactly. I'm also obsessed with the wooden chair that she's got next to her. If anyone knows where I can get one of those, then that'd be great. Yeah, that's a nice one. I wanted to get a similar one, but I only got like the closest one I got are the ones that go until your like middle back. And oh, they, yeah. They hurt my back. But mm. yeah, anyone who knows where to get this uh, chair, yeah, do let us yeah, know. Please hit me up. Thank you. Alrighty, awesome. Moving on to seven minutes, no, six minutes later, where we are on uh, where all the characters are coming together or most of the characters are coming together before setting off to the the island the glass onion uh, island and everyone gets this mysterious shot in their face in their mouth sorry um, and i think they're hinting at the covid I, th I don't think in the movie they ever say the pandemic or covid or anything at all it's just that some People are wearing masks. Some people are partying yeah. and everything. So um, I don't think it's quite. A, it's quite a funny bit because we, yeah, we meet the characters as they all come together. And clearly, I mean, this came out as you say, December twenty twenty two. So this must have been written and shot basically during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, so all these, all these characters show up wearing like you know face coverings um but it's very revealing of some of their characters because like one of the very glamorous female characters shows up and her face mask is basically made of like a string like beaded like thing with loads of holes in it and like is completely impractical <laughs> like yeah. a, a fashion accessory <laughs> yeah. and then I love this one like Benoit Blanc's has like clearly been made by his granny or something <laughs> <laughs> handmade on her sewing machine <laughs> so anyway it's a very nice you know insight into character I feel with this and then yeah then this bloke shoots them all in the tonsils with um some sort of anti-covid mist and that's their kind of way around 
way of getting around this uh, super spreader event that they are going to have on this island. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Is this okay? But the scientists is this is this realistic? Uh, do we have shots or spray guns or whatever that thingy is? But but also uh, to the uh, to in the defense of the ponytail gentleman, he never says that this is like a vaccine or this is like disinfection. No. All he says is you're good, you're good, you're good. Yes. So it could the implication be- is you can't come unless you let me like hit you in the tonsils with this thing. Um, and then it, yeah, like you say afterwards, he's like, okay, you're good. The implication being it either like will mean that you don't get covid or that if you did have covid it's now gone look i'm not a medical doctor um i would think that if something like this did exist then it would have been deployed um by i mean maybe the mega rich did have all of this who could say um i also think that covid probably exists in the lungs as well as the nose and sinuses Mm -hmm. so just like whacking your tonsils even if that was like antiviral something something i'm pretty sure it wouldn't get it all so i'm gonna say myth number three debunked i don't think that this is actually scientifically accurate no it's not myth three debunked thank you thank you <laughs> okay 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 Alrighty. moving on swiftly to now we are on the island and now we are in what man cave bat cave whatever that office uh, situation yes. is and in there there is this beautiful piece of art it looks like a piece of art but what what is it because it it, it we we do have several of the close uh, close ups of this particular piece mm. of art in the in the movie so what is what is this this looks like something from Christopher Nolan movie what is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> To me, I think this artwork probably involves like a whole load of mirrors, right? And um, so it looks as if with the clever like bouncing around of light with glass and mirrors, it looks as if there's this like never ending, very complicated structure that kind of extends into infinity. Um, A bit like when you face two mirrors to each other in an elevator or something and there's like loads of like... Yeah, reflections of yourself. I think it's basically like that. But what it reminds me of is a crystal structure, which is relevant to what we're going to come on to talk about later in terms of the materials at the heart of the uh, incorrect science of this movie. (laughs) Um, Because this is the sort of way that in my mind's eye, if I imagine the structure of atoms inside some materials, it's this sort of thing that I imagine, like connecting networks of sort of forces and atoms that are in very sort of predefined structures and very sort of um, symmetrical shapes. Uh, Symmetry is a big part of material science. Mm -hmm. And so it really reminds me of that. And particularly with this sort of infinite channel that you can see in sort of the center of the piece, it really reminds me of actually some of the structures that can be involved in hydrogen storage research. So mm-hmm. we're going to come on to how inaccurate a lot of the movie is, but I do like this as an art piece because it is a nice nod, I think, to materials engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now that you said, yes, it does remind me of the crystal structures as well. Uh that explains why I was so fascinated by this because yes, you're right. This is this is crystal structure. Ah, but which crystal structure would this be? Because I, this is not HCP. This is not FCC. This is not BCC. I think it's just like a cocktail of all the different crystal structures or a completely new one. Yeah, very very complex for sure. I mean, if you look at like how many connections each point has, it's definitely very complex mm-hmm. um that the channel down that axis though really reminded me of like a zeolite crystal structure because you get these big open channels like that mm-hmm. um or oh, what's that other thing called it's been so long since i've done this metal organic metal organic frameworks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yes yeah that also reminded me of that 
Right, right. Oh, yeah, this is, this is, uh, oh, yeah, this is so cool. Oh, my God, science is so cool. We are so cool. We are so, so cool. We have a special training coming up on the March 22nd, 2023, 12 p.m. Europe time, so Berlin time. It's about navigating Twitter as a scientist. So if you are a scientist who is curious about the world of Twitter and don't know how to get started, do sign up. Link is in the description. This is a one-time offer. In 42 euros, one hour, you will get all the tips and tricks of how to best navigate Twitter as a scientist. We will cover profile optimization, content crafting for science communication, how to grow your network, and also Twitter analytics. So, March 22nd, 2023, 12 p.m. Europe, lunchtime. Sign up, grab your spot, limited seats. All right. At this point, we are almost half hour into the movie. Moving on to the first time we see... <clears throat> Oh, drum roll. What is that? That gorgeous thing there. Speaking of crystals, what do you think that is, Anna? Do you think it's 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 salt? Do you think it's sugar? What 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 do you what did movie play something? Yes. <laughs> In the movie, they describe this as solid hydrogen. And the first thing that we the fact that this person is touching quote unquote solid hydrogen with their bare hands, as you can see from this still, um, indicates to me that it is a compound of hydrogen with something else. Because at atmospheric pressure, hydrogen solidifies when you cool it down to around minus 300 degrees Celsius. It's sort of like 30, 33 Kelvin-ish is the solidifying point of hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Um so, yep, we know that this isn't pure solid hydrogen that's been cooled down mm -hmm. uh, to solidify as itself, mm -hmm. um, which I think is the first very misleading thing because they do say that it is solid hydrogen. And technically, solid hydrogen is to hydrogen what ice is to water, right? You cool it down and it is it is just that substance. Um, so... I know from all of my research that this must be a compound of hydrogen with something else. And that's exactly what the topic of my of my PhD research was, a compound that contains a lot of hydrogen that we research uh, in order to see whether we can engineer a material like that into something that we can use to power stuff. So let's take a little step back, I guess, and talk about why would we want to do this? And they do mention this in the movie as well. The big draw of hydrogen power is that hydrogen is a very very lightweight well it's a gas and it's also number one on the periodic, ta periodic table so the atoms of hydrogen are incredibly light um and it's extraordinarily um because it's in the first row of the periodic table sorry the first column of the periodic table it is um very kind of reactive and so we don't tend to find hydrogen existing on its own as hydrogen gas, we tend to find it reacted and wrapped up with other atoms, like for example, oxygen in water, which we find everywhere, which we'll also come on to. Mm -hmm. So hydrogen is a good prospect for energy because it's very quick to burn. It's got a lot of energy kind of uh, wrapped up inside it. Um, and because it's very small and it's very lightweight, it's been researched in recent years for portable applications to replace batteries. As you know, batteries are relatively heavy devices, mm -hmm. um, even though we base them on a relatively light metal, metal lithium. Um, the weight of the batteries and the size of the batteries is currently what limits the sort of driving range of electric cars, for instance. So for portable applications like electric cars, like drones, you know, the flight time of a drone is only like 10 or 15 minutes because the batteries are so heavy and they can't pack enough power into that weight. Mm -hmm. So the, the kind of holy grail of this research is to find an energy storage solution 
that is extremely compact, extremely lightweight, so small and lightweight, um, but that also contains a huge energy density. Mm-hmm. And those things usually don't come together. You either, you know, you can have a lot of energy in a big space or a big weight, but you can't pack a lot of energy into a small space and a very lightweight. Mm-hmm. But hydrogen could promise that because it is so lightweight and it has so much energy density. So that's why it's become this substance of interest for energy, because it has this potential to be very, very portable, very, very energetic. You could have very lightweight drones, lightweight laptops, lightweight cars. Um, that could be, as we will see, I think, in the next slide, quote unquote, carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what Miles is. That's a new solid hydrogen fuel. It's incredibly powerful. Uh, yeah. uh, it also says then zero carbon emissions and it's derived from abandoned seawater. Yeah, which is a they're skipping quite a few steps here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's kind of let's divide these two things. So so first of all, let's look at zero carbon emissions. So hydrogen on itself. You know, if you put a flame to hydrogen, you get what you learn in school is known as a squeaky pop. So it it burns and it kind of makes this like sound. Um, And when hydrogen burns, it burns very cleanly. So no carbon dioxide is produced. Um, In terms of the types of technology that we would be talking about here, though, you wouldn't just be burning hydrogen with a flame a more efficient way of using its energy is to put it through what's called a hydrogen fuel cell. Mm-hmm. And a hydrogen fuel cell, it takes hydrogen gas and it sucks oxygen just out of the atmosphere, you know, just out of air. Um, and it combines them together through an electrochemical device that's very similar to a battery in its construction. And the output of that is electricity and water vapor. Mm-hmm. So if we were to imagine a car that is powered by hydrogen using a hydrogen fuel cell, mm-hmm. um, the output at the end is just heat and water. So your exhaust pipe would just be like water vapor. So when when this person says zero carbon emissions, I think that's what they're referring to is that hydrogen energy, the ex- energy extraction from hydrogen can be incredibly clean. Mm-hmm. However, at the moment, around... of all hydrogen that we use industrially comes from fossil fuels. Like the hydrocarbons that we use in traditional fuels, in fossil fuels, in the petrochemical industry, in the chemical industry, um, when we make hydrogen in that way, it all comes from fossil fuels. So 97% of our hydrogen does not have zero carbon emissions because it's associated with fossil fuel industries um the remainder comes from what the second point on this uh still is alluding to um right derived from abundant seawater so you can have a hydrogen fuel cell that creates electricity when you combine hydrogen and oxygen but you can also reverse it to take water and electricity and use that electricity to split water into hydrogen and oxygen to produce hydrogen from water. So in one process, you get electricity out. And in the other process, when you're making hydrogen, you have to put electricity in. And if, and only if you power your electrolyzers with um, green energy from solar panels or wind power, for example, then your hydrogen gas has zero carbon emissions at the point that it is produced. And you can say that you can derive it from abundant seawater because if you were to filter the seawater and put that seawater into an electrolyzer that you've powered with uh, low carbon technologies, zero carbon emissions, um, then you can say that your hydrogen is derived from abundant seawater with zero carbon emissions. But they've skipped quite a few steps to get there. Um, And that image of the material that we saw a few um stills ago yeah that one like i said that's definitely not just hydrogen that will be hydrogen wrapped up with other atoms with other elements from the periodic table in order to stabilize it into a solid form at room temperature and room pressure the material that i worked on in my phd was called ammonia borane and it would 
it didn't look exactly like this because it was a powdered form. Um, but it was this type of transparent crystalline powder. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were to like recrystallize it into a big crystal, there's a small chance that it would look a little bit like this. Um, ammonia borane is NH3BH3. So nitrogen, boron and hydrogen all wrapped up in a nice little chemical um, that is solid and stable at room temperature and pressure. So it would be something like this that Mm -hmm. that material would be. But you can't make ammonia borane in a zero carbon emission process because uh, nitrogen and boron and the other atoms in the periodic table that have to stabilize hydrogen in this way are almost certainly not made in a um, carbon neutral process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To summarize, I think that to say that that material is zero carbon emissions and derived from seawater is BS. Okay, that's the fourth myth busted, or rather the fifth one. The fourth one is, if this is a hydrogen, first of all, it's not hydrogen. Uh, Second of all, even if it is a hydrogen compound, uh, stabilized hydrogen, you can't hold it in your fingers right that that would be dangerous oh no you could you could you could hold it ah okay so that that part is fine but whatever is claimed this part is correct that solid hydrogen fuel it's incredibly powerful this part is correct that's correct this part is a bit well complete bs it's a bit of a leap it is a bit of a leap Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's derived from abandoned seawater. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, okay. The way I understood it was that, and I have a PhD in material science, right? But I do not have any background in hydrogen fuel cells or hydrogen um, based materials. So uh, yeah, I thought what they, what the, 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 what they implied here was that, or rather what I took from this particular explanation uh, from the movie was that the crystal we saw like two stills ago, that crystal is made from abandoned uh, abandoned seawater. So the, the the raw material to make this hydrogen fuel is seawater, and that's it. But as you mentioned, uh, there is no uh, way to make these crystals, uh, hydrogen fuel crystals with abundant seawater and that process being zero carbon emission. Uh, I think what they, what is true is that once you have that crystal, the use of that crystal and getting energy from that crystal, electricity from that crystal, that part is zero carbon emission. Exactly. Not the synthesis of these crystals. And exactly right. This, these crystals is still emitting carbon. And when we say that using, that's why we say hydrogen cars are clean cars or hydrogen buses are clean, like zero carbon emission buses. What we mean is they're not emitting CO2 because when hydrogen burns, it does not emit CO2 because there is no hydrocarbon uh, like exactly. petrol or oil or whatever, X, Y, Z. Exactly right. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 Whew. Okay. So about this one, you mentioned that we hydrogen can only be solidified at minus 300 degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Uh, would it look like this? I mean, not that we are holding it, but would yeah. it look like this? That's a really interesting question. I have a feeling, and I haven't read this paper for a long time, I have a feeling that solid hydrogen is actually blue. Like oh. like at minus 300 Celsius, it's blue. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe we should Google that before we say <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a look. Yeah, that would be... Pause, that would pause be, recording here. I mean, of course, oh, yeah. we're not going to hold it in our hands because the human flesh cannot mm-hmm. uh, tolerate minus 300 degrees Celsius. Uh, maybe we can for like a split second but that is a different thing altogether um but yeah this looks ah this looks gorgeous wow also i made a mistake sorry it's minus 260 degrees celsius 
minus 260 degrees celsius okay so that's still because kelvin is minus 273 yeah exactly so it's like it's a, it's a like 14 kelvin Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, it's still very, very cold. It's still like there are like these reels and videos going around in like minus sixty five degrees Celsius, and people throwing yeah. coffee or hot water in the air and freezing. Yeah. So imagine that four times colder, more than four yes. times colder. Okay. Yeah, basically, um, it's very, very cold. Also, hydrogen, when it is solidified in that way, becomes a metal, which is pretty interesting. It becomes a metal, or it behaves like well. At, it's not. It's not that phase. A different phase of hydrogen um, at very, very high pressure becomes a metal. Oh, that is so good. Okay, we need a different video for that. But let's stick with yeah. glass onion for now. Okay, sure. so takeaways are that using the hydrogen fuel is zero carbon emission. Yeah, but synthesizing or producing hydrogen fuel is not a zero emission process correct correct producing exactly. hydrogen fuels or crystals or whatever that you can hold in your fingers or put them as a decoration that's that is still emitting a lot of co2 there is no clean environmentally friendly way of creating or producing hydrogen fuels exactly what is the right word hydrogen crystals hydrogen fuels what what would it what yeah hydrogen fuel hydrogen fuel okay so next question from this still what we see so the the crystal we saw two snippets ago that one was amorphous crystally thing it looked like that because it was not transparent it didn't seem like that transparent Mm. but these in uh, these these art pieces around lionel they look like zirconia or glass or could they also be the hydrogen fuel Mm-mm. no i mean to me this just looks like blown glass right like ah, okay it, it would it would either have to be a single crystal <laughs> um mm-hmm. in which case it would be very difficult to make it into this shape um or to grow a single crystal that enormous i'm almost certain that this is just blown glass okay all right they never say that this was hydrogen fueled but that's the implication or probably i I just wanted to imagine it to be a hydrogen crystal (laughs) um all righty oh the next one is gonna be a bomb no 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 pun all righty awesome let's move on to the next one and the whole glass onion is apparently powered by this tiny crystal or these kinds of tiny crystals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if it is true, let's just go with like, okay, let's just buy into the, the narrative that, okay, mm-hmm, there is this mm-hmm. crystal, zero carbon emission, da 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 all of that. Is it possible to power the entire glass onion island and that has like jacuzzis and swimming pools and fancy lighting and all kinds of dadidas is it possible to power the entire island with that tiny crystal is that realistic um you would need more than that tiny crystal if that was a crystal of a material similar to ammonia borane or one of these other stabilized hydrogen forms um but the brilliant thing about hydrogen as a technology is that it is incredibly modular so i mentioned hydrogen fuel cells earlier Um, the way that you increase the power of a fuel cell is basically to stack up loads of them in series and parallel, a bit like you would with a battery. You know, Mm. if you want more power, you just use more batteries. Um, It's exactly the same thing with hydrogen fuel cells. So you can power very, very small devices and extremely powerful devices like, I don't know, boilers and jacuzzis and like, you know, all the big lighting setup that they have Mm. um, by just scaling it and like, adding more fuel cells so actually yeah it would be perfectly possible to power an island using a hydrogen fuel material Mm -hmm. okay just not that tiny crystal we would need a bunch of those depending on their their... yeah you'd need much more than that you need much more and what are your thoughts about calling this hypothetical let's say far in the futuristic crystal or this technology clear what are your thoughts i it's sort of it reminds me of like some kind of anti-acne cream like for me that that's what that brand name signifies is like some sort of or like anti-aging cream (laughs) 
yeah it kind of made me laugh it it kind of it does smack of that like corporate speak change one letter and try and be cool <laughs> sort of thing you know at least they changed the letter here in the in these beauty products or beauty creams that were advertised in india when i was growing up it was mm. called clean and care clean and clear yeah, and it wasn't. They did. They they just left the C there. They didn't even change the letter. Like, oh, yeah, you're gonna be white, and you're gonna oh, never. That's a conversation for a different time. That is. That is. We can do that. Like, you know, feminist take on. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Racism within the beauty industry. Another time. <laughs> Another time. That's that. Let's focus on glass onion. Uh, knives out and the myth busting here okay awesome so then what happens so we are not even halfway through the movie and they have already given away all of their scientific technology god damn it what more can happen oh my god moving on swiftly to the next one and a lot happens in the next one and a half hours and then almost at the end we are at the climax now so Anyone who hasn't watched the movie, this is like the last disclaimer we are giving. (laughs) Spoiler alert, please stop the video. Go finish watching Glass Onion on Netflix. Then come back and watch this, continue watching this video. So what is happening here is what happens just before this particular scene is Helen our favorite character who saw the responsible Helen who does not have time for bullshit and takes the hammer to smash the, this stupid toy box from, uh, well, actually it's quite a brilliant toy box, but okay, never mind. From Miles, she is the one who goes on this rampage and destroys all the beautiful art or beautiful art that we see earlier standing all around in this giant hall where all of the characters are and she's super angry super like there is a lot that happens lots of drama and this is her way of taking out the frustration and also then the crowd or the the characters that are in the room they are supporting her and it's a gorgeous scene I love that scene I could watch just that for like two hours or smashing everything and breaking the piano and everything Uh, and then she has a lighter and she she starts the fire so Anna is this fire because of the hydrogen crystal we saw earlier or what is what is this tell us we have a special training coming up on the March 22nd 2023 12 p.m europe time so berlin time it's about navigating twitter as a scientist So if you are a scientist who is curious about the world of Twitter and don't know how to get started, do sign up. Link is in the description. This is a one-time offer. In 42 euros, one hour, you will get all the tips and tricks of how to best navigate Twitter as a scientist. We will cover profile optimization, content crafting for science communication, how to grow your network, and also Twitter analytics. So March 22nd, 2023, 12 p.m. Europe, lunchtime. Sign up, grab your spot, limited seats. So at this point, the fire hasn't yet reached um, the hydrogen fuel. And we partly know this because we see it happen, right? And you can see this in this still. There's a kind of vodka bottle or some kind of like alcohol bottle, that clear glass square bottle with the red label um, just next to this particular fire. The other reason that we can tell that this is a liquid fuel fire is kind of the shape of it. So if you can see like at the kind of bottom edge of it, you can see that the substance burning is like a flat surface that is sitting on the floor itself right so this is a spilled a spilled flammable liquid that has ignited and then the flames of that are going upwards the fact that it is um orangey flames um indicates to me that i'm pretty sure the ethanol flames are blue so um this orangey flame doesn't quite check out for me um what are your thoughts on that? 
I think maybe it is this poison that uh, Miles gives to one uh, of the characters and that is not alcohol. So that could be okay. methanol or some other sort of a... Yeah. I don't know if it is the same bottle. I would have to go back and fact check, like rewind sure, it okay. again. But maybe it is that. But yeah, you're right. Ethanol ones are blue. There is a little blue I see at the bottom. There is. Yeah. So maybe there's a trace amount of ethanol in it. Um, but yeah, scientifically speaking, we know that this is a liquid fuel fire um, and that it is not alcohol. It's not ethanol, which is the major constituent of drinking alcohol. Um mm-hmm. But it's a it's a relatively small, relatively contained fire. If this was my house um, and I wanted to put it out, I would either just let it burn itself away because it would probably burn out in like 10 seconds or so, as long as there was nothing else around it that was going to ignite from it. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would like, I don't know why we're doing this safety message, but I'm going to continue. Or I would like wet a tea towel and put that wet tea towel on top of it and that would probably smother the flame as well. So on the face of it, at this point of the fire... It's not a massive emergency, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not a massive emergency. Also in the movie, because according to this one, something else is happening because the fire is just the beginning. The fire we saw earlier, that's just the beginning. And then mm-hmm. we have Helen revealing the same crystal we saw earlier. And I love the this snippet because... Miles knows what's coming. So, Anna, tell yeah. us what is going on in Miles' mind. Why is what? What's with his expressions here? What's why? What is he so afraid of? What's going on? So, what he's afraid of is that we've got a live ignition source somewhere in the room in that fire that we saw earlier, and what he's seeing is this adversary in Helen holding up his material that he believes is a um, very, very powerful substance. In other words, if she were to flick that little crystal into that flame, uh, it could ignite in a very dramatic way. I think that's what he's scared of. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why would it ignite in like, okay, let me, let me, okay. that That's a good, I would be scared as well if I was Miles. Oh, thank God I'm not. But I do like the idea of the photo shoot of like, just like this one. And then this, never mind. And we'll, we'll come to that later or in some other video. Remember the Steve Jobs reference and uh, the dropout reference? The, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's a different video. Okay, yeah. so he's scared that there is a active fire and there is this like a very strong fuel in someone's hand who is exactly. on the right page. Uh, yeah. view. Um, yeah. All right, so then there is this scene, which is what happens after Helen throws this tiny little crystal into this active fire and yes. then... Somehow this happens. And just before this, we are shown that there is this metal rod hanging, a metal exhausty sort of looking thing Mm -hmm. hanging from the ceiling, seems like hanging from the ceiling. And there is some sort of gas or something coming down just before this happens. It it looks like, you know, when you're refueling your car with petrol and there are these fumes. Sure. Yeah. So what's it's this? Like, okay, two questions. First of all, is this like, is this what we would expect when you just throw in the absence of this exhaust thingy? Yeah. Uh, if we throw the clear crystal, clear crystal in the fire, do we expect this to happen? And the second mm-hmm. question would be, what role is this metal thingy playing? Sure. Okay, let's take the first question first. So we're thinking about that. If you were to put a stabilized form of hydrogen uh, into a flame, what would happen? So I never actually tried this with my materials, which is maybe part of the answer. But um, the way that you get hydrogen out of a solid in which it is stabilized by binding it up with other substances like in ammonia borane is by heating the material up. With ammonia borane uh, at around 120 degrees Celsius, it spontaneously um, sort of degrades and releases its hydrogen. Mm -hmm. So the systems that I was working on building involved 
heating the material up in a controlled way in order to release that hydrogen on demand and then pass that hydrogen through a hydrogen fuel cell and then you get your nice clean energy. That was the idea. Um, the way that we would do that would tend to be through like control, like electrical heating, basically. Like we would make little pellets out of it. We would heat each one individually in a very controlled way. It would release its hydrogen and then it would be sort of inert because it had released all of its substance. So I never tried putting a direct flame to the materials. My sense is that a pretty similar thing would happen, right? This It's kind of no different from it would heat up, it would melt, and then it would release its hydrogen. And eventually the material that's left after it releases its hydrogen would burn, but it wouldn't create, it would just create like, I don't know, kind of ash like it, it wouldn't be particularly dramatic I don't think mm -hmm. so what we're interested in is what happens if the hydrogen gas that is being released itself ignites mm -hmm. um if I remember rightly and it was quite a long time ago um about one gram or maybe it was 0 0.1 gram okay within an accuracy of like 10 <laughs> and you can times or divide my next sentence accordingly um the ratio is about 0 0.1 grams to a liter of hydrogen at standard temperature and pressure that's what i remember 0 0.1 grams is about like i don't know i'm holding up my fingers about half a centimeter across like a little cube like that volume would be a liter of gas Mm -hmm. um so the crystal that they held up was probably like a gram i would say of of material so you would expect to get about let's say 10 liters of hydrogen out of that we're wildly speculating here mm -hmm. 10 liters of hydrogen is not that much i've blown up hydrogen balloons um maybe like a quarter of that size you get like a nice explosion Mm -hmm. if you yeah it would be big but it would burn very very quickly uh-huh uh, it wouldn't be this of this scale for that amount of material in my like very rough estimates mm -hmm. and that's for if you just put that crystal in that flame as it already was it would probably like it might like burn the piano or like the people standing next to it but it wouldn't leap up like many stories of, as you've seen here and create this kind of flame Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um hydrogen because it's a gas it does burn upwards though that's one thing to say is that this is accurate because you can see this flame flaring up mm -hmm. so that that is kind of accurate um but in this scene you can't really tell from this still in the scene the fire lasts a very long time mm -hmm. like the burning gas lasts a long time which is not accurate either i don't think mm -hmm. you know it would it would burn quickly and then it would be gone Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing, like whatever this like gas dispenser is, um, there's absolutely no reason why they would be dispensing pure hydrogen gas into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like you're basically just gassing your guests because hydrogen is so lightweight. It is much less dense than air. So it would just escape to the top of the room uh, and then escape through the vents or the open windows into mm -hmm. the atmosphere. And yeah. So if what they're showing here is like a heating vent mm -hmm. um, and if they're showing hydrogen getting out of that heating vent, that heating vent, that means that someone has tampered with all of the ventilation in the glass onion mm -hmm. and stuck however they're making their hydrogen like through the heating vents. But that is like a huge tampering that we never see in the movie. No. So no. I don't think that's what's happening. So, yeah, basically that whole thing about that heating vent makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And there couldn't be any other gas like nitrogen, hydrogen, or any other gas that would explain this fire just becoming like lasting for more than a few seconds or so and just flaring up and up and up because you also see, right, there is the fire and you see it's going towards that vent. Uh, mm. Like a 
a vortex of sorts. Yeah, exactly. No, I I really don't understand that whole thing. Okay. 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 But so this is unrealistic. This mm-hmm. this just throwing the clear crystal in the the hydrogen. Why am I calling it clear clear crystal? It's a hydrogen fuel crystal, tiny yeah. one, <laughs> which is thrown in this open uh, fire uh, that just and and engulfs envelops the whole room and that's a huge room they all are in it's not like yeah. a tiny room it's a huge like a ballroom size yeah. it's not bigger so this is unrealistic uh all right that brings us to the last still that i want to get uh, anna's opinion on as a material scientist as a trained scientist and as someone who has done a phd on hydrogen fuels um the last one so the finale of yeah so what's happening here Anna how did this happen how did it go from just a tiny little fire to (laughs) the entire island apparently exploding or the main building of the island exploding How, how did we get here yeah so what this looks like is a whole load of fireworks being set off on the roof (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah you know you know what i said about hydrogen being very um very lightweight mm-hmm. and less dense than air so it would it would go upwards naturally and so if it were to escape and then ignite it would come out of the top of the building if it was going to come out anywhere it would come out here so okay. let's give them the benefit of the doubt there yeah sure. in terms of the firework like debris that we see kind of bouncing off here um, that's like secondary material that has ignited as a result of the first fire. Mm-hmm. Um, hydrogen does not burn like a firework. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I think at this point what they're showing is like the fire has caught, it's getting worse. Basically, the whole place is going to burn to the ground. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Okay, so how much hydrogen or how much of that crystal will it take to make <laughs> this happen? Let's say she only threw like a tiny piece, right? Right, mm. Like two cubes of one by yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just assume that. That would give us like 15 liters, 20 liters of hydrogen. Mm-hmm. For an explosion like this, how big should the crystal be? Or how big should... Like how much how much hydrogen fuel uh, we would need to make this happen? Not that I want to hundred grams, five hundred grams. So it's like this much. Yeah, like a bucket's worth. Like a bucket's worth. Okay, or like a brick size? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A brick size, I reckon. Okay, more or less. Okay, which is still not that much. Like you know, it's still like a very energy dense (laughs) material. But it is a lot more than the crystal that we were shown that they had. Yeah, that is true. Yes, but that this could explain my theory. I just want to one that material is the one the art pieces we saw next to Lionel, which are like all around uh, this room, being also made of a crystal similar to the. They are all also hydrogen fuel because (laughs) because Miles is a crazy person he has like the yeah. Mona Lisa in his uh I mean it's a movie guys everyone it's a movie we are not we are it's just talking movie. about the movie of yeah. course just to give them also the benefit of the doubt um that maybe these all are also made of hydrogen fuels and maybe so in which case you would probably get an explosion of that size that's true right but even with that is that realistic because I'm assuming that fire it, it won't it will just go like this right it won't like how long will that fire go let's just go with that okay 100 or 200 grams of uh, one brick load of this clear crystal that we have thrown into or which is all over the all over the floor and there is this one place where is this tiny fire from the alcohol or whatever the material is liquid based fire and then we throw this crystal in the in this fire yeah how how quickly will the entire floor full of these crystals, the hydrogen crystals? Is this is this realistic? To be honest, 
it probably depends on the form in which you chuck it in because a brick you know has not a not very high surface area to volume ratio mm -hmm. but if you were to powder it and like then chuck a powder of the material onto a fire that would be instantaneous almost um and then you'd probably get this effect but yeah you would need a lot of it and you would need it to be in a powdered form to get this kind of speed of burning mm -hmm. and then like i say i reckon it would burn off very very quickly the effect though of it setting fire to other things in the space you know that's when the place burns to the ground mm -hmm. Yes, that is true. Okay, awesome. So takeaways, zero carbon emission hydrogen fuel production is not possible as of today, 2022. It, it is possible um, if you have an electrolyzer, but you have to power your electrolyzer with renewable energy. And at the moment, the vast majority of hydrogen isn't made in that way. Uh -huh. Okay, so it's not uh, possible like production size, not yet. Yeah. Synthesizing hydrogen fuels, crystals is possible in the lab in controlled environment or in small quantity, but not it's yeah. not scalable at this point. Yeah. And the second thing is that you this is not hydrogen. The crystal is not hydrogen. No, it's not pure hydrogen. It's not pure hydrogen. It's some sort of a compound. And the third takeaway is for this explosion to happen, we need little more than a lot more than at least 100 times uh yeah. what we see in the movie exactly for this to happen exactly um all right super any final thoughts anna you know it's a little bit too little too late for me i started working on hydrogen materials hydrogen storage materials in 2012 um i continued it through my phd research and finished that in 2017 um, and then I went on to research other things. Um, so it was very funny to me to see my old favorite technology kind of coming back into public discourse. Mm. When I was researching hydrogen at that time, there was a lot of excitement around it and governments were interested in it. There were policies getting put in place, particularly in the States, around, you know, trying to make hydrogen technologies uh, become commercial Apple were patenting hydrogen powered laptops and phones and stuff. And it was all kind of kicking off. But by the end of my PhD, it basically seemed a little bit too difficult. I think the, um, the infrastructure required to, for example, put in place a hydrogen refueling network for cars was prohibitively expensive. And it came back to public perception that, the public perceive hydrogen as a dangerous substance. Mm -hmm. And so they are unlikely to sit their kids above a tank of hydrogen in the back of the car, mm -hmm. even though they already sit their kids on top of a highly flammable fuel <laughs> in <laughs> diesel cars, in petrol cars, um, and ha we have done for decades. So I feel that hydrogen's reputation is unfair. Mm -hmm. um, and I very much hope that in the future the tables will shift and that we will see greater public acceptance and policy acceptance of hydrogen fuels because they do have this great potential as a green uh, energy storage solution within the context of other sustainable energy producing technologies and movies like the glass onion have not helped <laughs> uh, to ease the public's anxieties around hydrogen so yeah. i would like to extend to benoit blanc my sincerest disappointment uh about that setting back the field uh probably another couple of decades in terms of the public's acceptance of hydrogen um mm. but i hope that people that see this will feel able to be a little bit more critical of the movie um and will keep tabs on hydrogen research as it goes forward in the next few years mm -hmm. and yeah I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I'm I'm totally with you on that the the, the PR around hydrogen fuel uh hydrogen storage needs to be uh cleaned up or mm. needs to be a bit more positive and definitely movies like Glass Onion do not help 
uh, with their narrative, even if the scientist in the movie is constantly saying, I do not support this. We need more time. We need more tests. I do not support this. Please, everyone watching this movie, please remember the scientist is saying we are not ready. And this is what happens when you don't listen to scientists, when business minds do not listen to scientists or do not take their advice. So this is not because the scientist or the science is at fault. It's because the business folks are probably in a bit of a hurry to to get things moving. So that's it. That's it. But haven't you heard that scientists are all killjoys? So it's no fun, you know? True. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to believe scientists. it's just um yeah it's just mixing chemicals and i can't even come up with so i can't go along with it's just ridiculous (laughs) exactly (laughs) and but thank you for giving me the opportunity to um to fly the flag for hydrogen and debunk some stuff in this movie despite the scientific inaccuracies i did very much enjoy it um i'm definitely a fan of this genre and Mm -hmm. so uh i'll definitely be watching any other movies that they make and politely advising that they get me on board their scientific advisory panel if they decide to do a sequel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anna would be brilliant. And she's also she also has some experience with stand-up comedy and, of course, storytelling. I mean, she's like the best go-to person for any movie maker or documentary maker who is thinking of making a movie or needs a consultant or advisor yeah. on their next project. And I would Hit be a go-to person. Uh, so please... Uh, let's start the the petition to get Anna on the <laughs> advisory board or consulting for any scientific movies, uh, please, please. which are being made moving forward. Thank you very much, Anna. This was amazing. Everyone on the Science Talk uh, channels consuming this content, please make sure go to Anna's website, go to Anna's Twitter, just sign up for her her trainings and. Just, yeah, anything, Anna, you want to plug, please go ahead. Any Thank other- you. Yeah, I mean, just follow me on the socials, I guess. That's where you'll find the up-to-date stuff. Um, and, yeah, I've got lots of new projects coming up. So just keep in touch on there. Um, and, yeah, thanks again for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And anyone who is watching, if you want us to watch or debunk any other myths from any other scientific movies, do let us yeah. know in the in the in the comment section below i think uh, or reach out to us uh, and yeah thank you very much for watching this video and uh, yeah thank you for all your support and thank you again anna for this amazing amazing experience thank you thank you for having me thanks bernati <laughs>